Ignite Impact Podcast. I am Tracy Purdy, and I believe that people are placed into our lives at every step in our life journey to be an integral part of our story. Here on the podcast, we will talk with individuals who have influenced me, helped me grow, nurtured me, inspired me, transformed my thinking, and enriched my life, and will do the same for you. We will be covering a variety of subjects, so stay tuned to be inspired and encouraged. Today's guest, Kelly Koch, is the founder of a local music studio, Minds on Music. She and her husband, Thomas, decided later in life to change career directions completely to offer music options for local adults and children. This business has grown from home-based piano lessons to opening an amazing studio with so many musical opportunities. While they offer so many different things in the studio, the heart behind the why is what has inspired me today to visit with her. I can't wait for you to hear about the science behind why music is so important for our brains and why I'm so excited to have my kids involved at Minds on Music. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining me here today to come and tell us a little bit more about what you do. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to get to know more about you and your family. Would you tell me a little bit about your background and where did you grow up and like what did you go to school for? Yes, I'm a Choctaw grad. I grew up in Fort Walton Beach. My dad was in the Air Force. I swore I was leaving here forever. Really? (laughs) When I graduated high school, I was like, I am out. Uh, Went to FSU. Okay. um, Then took a very long and crazy um, career path. Okay. Which included sales. It included director of United Way somewhere up in North Carolina. It included starting my own veterinary products business with three other people. Okay. And growing that and then selling that business to a French company and then retiring at 40 years old. Really? Yes, absolutely. I didn't know all of that. Okay. In between, one of the biggest points of change in my life was when I was eight years old in Fort Walton Beach, there was a group called Up With People that came through town. And Up With People was uh, from the 60s, 70s. They're like an international, you know, music as like bringing traveling. the world together. Okay. Yes, kind of like the Young Americans of those days. Okay. Two-hour show. I saw it and I said, I am going to do that someday. Really? So I was a sophomore in college at Northwest Florida State and went to junior college for a little bit. And my love of my life, he broke up with me on Valentine's Day. Oh, no. Yes. And it was devastating. Sure. And the very next day was the advertisement for Up With People was coming to town again. Okay. And I was of age. I could interview. I interviewed. I got to travel and Up With People in 1985. We probably, I probably stayed in over a hundred host families all over. How cool. The United States, Europe, Mexico. We did the Super Bowl halftime show in 1986. What? <laughs> what a cool experience. Yes. That is so neat. So neat. And so when did you meet Thomas? 
I met him in Atlanta. Okay. And I was in the veterinary products business that I owned. And then we sold the veterinary products business. Okay. And we decided to move here. Tom, my son, Tommy, he was a year and a half. And then once we moved here, honestly, Tracy, I swear, this town for kids... We were going to do half time. We were going to do half in Atlanta mm-hmm. and half here. And once we moved here, it was, You're it was be for here. kids. This, yes. this place is, they are so focused on their children that we made, decided to make a, a home here. That's so neat. Mm-hmm. That's so great. So was there a pivotal event that happened that changed the trajectory of where you thought your life was going? Because I've heard you speak about, was it a, a lecture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? Yes, the symphony lecture. I was yes. probably seven, eight months pregnant with Tommy in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And we we're geeked out. You know, I did it all. <laughs> I was an older first-time parent. I was 39. And I mean, I had books and I had workbooks and all DVDs and everything. But we wanted to do it just right, you know. Sure. So we went to the symphony lecture, and it was all music in the brain. And at the time, the scientific research was still budding. It was it was a an early part of the research. But this researcher showed us and told us about the evidence of how music affects the brain in a way that nothing else does. Wow. Um, the contrapuntal nature of different music really strengthens the two hemispheres like it strengthens the part between the two hemispheres and nothing else that they found does exactly what it does where the right and left brain are talking to each other music is the only thing that will work to to solidify the part in between the corpus callosum so we were sold completely and we um so for our own son we started him in kinder music and we started him in all these different musical endeavors up in Atlanta. When we moved here, I ended up selling my business. Mm -hmm. And we really wanted to be, we believe in eyeball time. So we took the first five years of his life and just didn't work. We really focused on him. Mm -hmm. The pivotal moment when he was going to kindergarten, we were going to go back to work. And I was looking, oh, maybe I should get back into sales and Thomas can get back into engineering. And we were really, honestly, very wound up about it. We were kind of unsettled. Yeah. Yeah, Stressed because he's going back. I didn't want to not be a mom. Sure. I didn't want to take any time away from him. So I was looking at being a medical transcriptionist. I looked at all these different things. And I'll never forget this moment was I was sitting at the table. It was a Sunday morning. And I said, you know what? I surrender. Mm. I'm going to give it a year. God, you decide. I'm not going to think about it for a year. Right. No exaggeration. The very next day, that Monday, Thomas had been taking a nap. And he came out of the nap and he said, I just had the craziest dream that we were supposed to teach music to kids. (laughs) Wow. That next day. And I said, Okay, oh, let's do it. It really? makes perfect sense. It because it came full circle, uh-huh. and we were able to start out of our house. So within two weeks, we're signed up to go back to school to study music. Both so of you us. went back oh, to school. <laughs> How old were you when you went back? 
45, I guess. That is amazing. I took my very first formal piano lesson at 40 years old. What? So I did not come up from the ranks of piano since five. Right. My parents refused music lessons. Really? It was, yeah, I was self-taught. I was a singer. Yes. And so my first formal lesson was at 40. Wow. But that was a pivotal moment, I believe, of surrender. Mm, you yes. know, when I'm when I am working so hard on my solution, yeah, I just I I don't know what that energy does, but it blocks it. I can always find when I'm blocked. Yes, I'll just say I'm going to give it a year, mm-hmm. and usually the right answer comes when it's supposed to, and it's never what, what you I think. think. Yeah, what your plan would be, never. Oh, isn't that crazy how God works like that? Mm -hmm. So after two years, you outgrew your home and you decided to open the studio, right? Correct. We started teaching within within the first year. And my my teacher, and again, how God works, I was so fortunate. The teacher that I got assigned was Dr. Kadisha Onabaeva and she she was playing with the Russian Symphony at 9 years old. What? She's a prodigy. She's a internationally known performance pianist. Wow. And she just happened to fall in love with one of the professors at Pensacola State. So that's how she ended up Wow. <laughs> so she's local. That's from really Kazakhstan. Cool. Yes. Wow. So I got assigned to her and she was very powerful in saying, you can do this. You can teach. Because I thought I had to wait until I was perfect. Right. Which had, is never going to be. Like you said, you yeah. know, I'm just starting. I'm setting. I'm going. I'm learning as I go. You have to learn as you go. Right. Make and mistakes. So get back up. We were both teaching out of the house. We just started with neighbor kids. Mm-hmm. A couple kids on Tommy's baseball team at the time. I would learn in my lesson and turn around and teach that afternoon the same thing Dr. Kadisha had told me. Wow. So she gave me the confidence to go ahead and start. Right. Go ahead and start. And we started with just with the kids in our in That's our circle to right. start with. And then we grew out of the house and decided to open the school. That's so cool. Once we'd opened the studio, gosh, you know, we sold our boat to open the studio. So <laughs> oh <goodness>. we <laughs> Yeah. We you were, were really surrendering it, it all, weren't yes, you? Yes, yeah. I love it. So we bought most of our pianos were used pianos. They were a kind of a mishmash mm-hmm. of, of pianos. And then after we were maybe in business, I don't know, maybe five, six years, Dr. Kadisha said, you need to be a Steinway Studio. You need to have... That designation. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, she said, you will be the finest music school on the Gulf Coast. If you do this. And so we believed her. She was uh, critical in in us getting started. So we got with the Steinway company and got the designation, which means that we have, with one exception, we all of our acoustic pianos are Steinway pianos. Okay. And then any time we get a new piano, it will be a Steinway piano. Wow. And again, we just love the brand itself stands Mm -hmm. for a lot of what we stand for. And one last thing is uh, Dr. Kadisha. When we told her we were going to open a school, mm-hmm. I'll never forget. She said, Kelly, it must be quality. Mm. If you will open a school, it mu- everything must be of the highest quality. I love and that. so when it came to the Steinway designation for us to make that investment mm-hmm. into the school, we had to go with Steinway. 
That's and, so neat. Yeah. I, I was doing a little bit of research about the Gulf Coast Steinway Society, mm-hmm. which you're a mm-hmm. part of, um, which is a nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. Dr. Kadisha, mm-hmm. she founded, I yes. guess, the Gulf Coast one. So is it true that they offer scholarships and like do piano competitions mm-hmm. locally for yes. the Gulf Coast? That's so neat. Yes. As a matter of fact, this year we had seven of the Minds on Music students competed mm-hmm. and one of our students got an award and she is playing in Carnegie Hall in June. Oh my word. She like won that's... second place in the competition. It's five states. Oh wow. And it's piano students from all over the southeast and Wow. That's unbelievable. <laughs> like what an amazing I think she's eight years old. Can you imagine? Eight? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. What an experience. Yes. One of my fears growing up as a a student at a young age was performing, which I eventually developed a deep love for that. But I love everything about Minds on Music and how they give extra attention to helping the students overcome performance anxiety. I'm sure watching kids and adults overcome those barriers and fears where they can like truly share and explore their gift of music is so magical. What are some things that you do and your instructors do to help walk students through the process of performing everything that they've been working so hard on? Yes, it is a an interest of mine because I struggle with it myself. So because I understand it, it was a big part of what we decided to build into our program What I always say is if a student at any age can do a solo music performance, not Mm -hmm. in a group, not with a band, but a solo music performance because it gets so quiet. Yes, it does. Everything's great, clapping, clapping, and then it just gets so quiet. If a student can do that, there's nothing they can't do. Everything else, job interviews, easy. Right. And it is a, it's a real fear. It's a real chemical situation that happens. And I've done a lot of research on it. There's several things that we try to do externally. One is our curriculum is designed to get our students working in a recording studio. Mm. So when they master their music in their level, they go into the recording studio. And that can be two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. It's a safer environment because you can delete kind of like this. You could delete something if it's horrible and they want to start over, Mm -hmm. but it's still putting them under some stress. It is a vulnerable place. Mm -hmm. And Vail just did her level two level test and she was terrified Mm -hmm. going in. But then we watched the video and she said, look, mom, look what I did. Mm-hmm. And she was so proud. I love mm-hmm. that you guys record that and and share it mm-hmm. for the world to see and for our, you know, for the family to be able to see. That's really, really cool. And then the stage was the secondary part. So we started on one side and then we were still doing our recitals at a church. We had to rent a local church to do our recitals. Gotcha. And our recitals were one very long right. <laughs> to a lot of waiting for the poor littles. And so we're asking them to be quiet and calm for this long. And it was just very, very long. And the, the third thing is it was very intimidating. Oh, and we yeah, had sure. one girl that got up there and there were these big 
massive screens and she caught a glimpse of herself on the screen and just broke down on the piano. We had to go up and get her off the stage. And that's when the space luckily next to us came open and we decided to build our own stage. So we call it a training stage. Mm -hmm. It's designed for learning about performance etiquette, learning about active listening, Mm -hmm. learning how do the instruments look when the lights are on because it's different when the lights are on. Yes. So we want them to be able to go through that before the families come. And the last thing about performance that that really made a big difference to me, Tracy, was it's an image that we show a lot of our our students that are nervous, really nervous. And the image is, it's a a drawing of a man at a piano, and he's hunched over the piano. Mm -hmm. He's in a big performance hall. He's hunched over, and the drawing shows arrows coming at him and he's thinking what are they thinking of me am I going to mess up are they going to be mad are they going to be disappointed what are they thinking and the arrows are all pointing at him Mm -hmm. he's constricted he's in fear small and then the other is what we're trying to achieve and the second drawing is the same performer and his his chest is out his head is up. He's looking at the audience. He, the arrows then are his music going, going out. outwards. I love that. And so what we try to talk about is, it's a big mantra of mine, a servant's heart, you know, having that giving your gift to the audience. Right. Giving it out. I'm playing the song for my mom. I'm right. playing it because it's her favorite song. And, and then what happens is what you get ideally is when you become that comfortable and you're giving it as a gift, what you get then is the audience then starts giving it back to you. Mm -hmm. They feel that energy. And so it becomes kind of this energy loop of you giving it out and then the audience gives it back to you and you feel that too. Right. And it's kind of quantum physics, but it really has helped a lot of our students. Yeah, that's so neat. Something else that I love about Minds on Music is that you have implemented a split lesson plan that will accelerate and clarify the process of learning music. When you break it down, there are really three major things to learn when you start playing music. One is learning to read and understand the music's written language. The second is learning about the musical instrument its layout and all of the different pitch producing elements. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the third is employing the proper technique to effectively grow in your music ability. And one of my favorite things about Minds on Music is knowing that nothing will ever replace hands-on learning, but you guys have recognized that there is technology available out there that can help in learning the musical concepts and you're implementing that into your lessons, which is incredible. And I never had that. Mm -hmm. I had the musical instrument side of things, but I never had the theory background until I went to college. So could you tell us a little bit more about Music IQ and why you decided to implement this into your personal lessons? Yes. We started off teaching just 30-minute lessons, Mm -hmm. and so much of our lesson time was spent routinely talking about 
the basics of learning to read music. Right. And I found that my 30 minutes was gone. Mm. And, and a lot of times, those are the types of things that a student may practice during the week on the instrument. Sure. But they're not going to practice flashcards. or <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> and so when we built the school, we decided to go to the one-hour lesson. And that the music IQ concept, I think of it as a foreign language. And I think of learning music as a foreign language. And the way I always describe it is if I'm sitting on a bus in France and I'm listening to all the people on the bus and they're all speaking and I'm sitting to listening to a conversation and I get off the bus and I just repeat back what these people I heard, mm-hmm. I can say I'm speaking French, but I have no idea idea what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and the other thing is is the security we want our students to feel that they are secure in what they are playing if they're playing a Beethoven piece we always say you know what was happening when he was playing this when he was writing it right why did he write this who did he write it for Was he angry at the time? What was happening in the world when he wrote this? What's the backstory of this? Mm -hmm. Because if you have an understanding, like you mentioned, if you have an understanding of what you're playing, then it brings out the beauty in it. If it is a sad piece, if if it's love, if it's jealousy, all those things you can bring to your playing. The emotion behind it. Exactly, yes. And then the theory part, I never thought I would be a theory nerd, but I am a theory (laughs) nerd because it's it's an understanding of it. Not just memorizing how to do it, but understanding how it's written. That's exactly how it works together. Mm -hmm. It's very similar to reading. I always tell students and especially adult students, because we get a lot of adult students and we start off with line notes and space notes and they're playing the simplest things and I said when you were four or three Mm -hmm. and you had those big fuzzy books you know that just had (laughs) one letter at a time Mm -hmm. you you didn't give a four-year-old Harry Potter right you gave them the the one letter at a time and then you string together a word and then you string together a sentence Mm -hmm. and you string together a chapter book and then eventually your eyes and your brain your understanding of literature Mm -hmm. starts to come out right you start to gravitate to certain kinds of books certain kinds of genres Mm -hmm. and it's the same with music but you have to start with the letters yeah you got to start stringing them together (laughs) yes for sure how do you find your amazing instructors. You have such a variety of instruments offered from woodwind, strings, percussion, bands, piano, voice, and so much more that I'm sure I'm not even listing. I could imagine that it would be really challenging to find such quality and qualified teachers. Yes, that has that was a decision early on. Music education has been the same for a hundred years. And basically music education was a teacher, a student, and an instrument. And that's all it was. It was a weekly thing. It right. was very punitive with most most people. They remember their piano teacher being um, or their music teacher. It was really a almost a stereotype 
of negative, never enough, work hard or else. So we made a decision that we wanted to have our teachers be very encouraging, very upbeat. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to get kids running from the car. Because they're excited, yes. Because they're excited Mm -hmm. and they want to see their teacher. The other research that we found was that a private music instructor is second only to a parent in one-on-one time with a child. That's unbelievable. Everything else is in teams or classes. And so it was vitally important for us, not their level of pedigree, right? but their heart. Mm-hmm. Usually at this point, a lot of our teachers are recommending people they know, which is great because right. they're great teachers and so their friends are the ones that are coming. But we usually will have them, we do a pretty rigorous screening process and most of it, we call our, our uh, teachers the dream team. Mm-hmm. And so the dream team is part of the process of finding the next member. Sure, of the dream you want team. that that team culture to be there. That's great. So music stimulates the brain, which in turn helps with pain relief, reducing stress and memory. A study from Harvard has shown that relaxing music can lower blood pressure, heart rate after physical exertion. Uh, we have a huge mental health issue in our country. And as I studied music throughout my college years, I could see how science proves that music improves mood and reduces anxiety and through bringing people together. Um, And it can be an antidote for loneliness and social isolation. I've also seen the effect that music can have on people with dementia, allowing them to communicate with loved ones when all other communication is lost. Um, You have a very special option at Minds on Music that offers music therapy. Can you tell us a little bit more about that opportunity? Yes. This was one of the things from the pandemic (laughs) that was good. Uh, We had a, our board certified music therapist decided to move back to Gulf Breeze area. She grew up here. She was working as a music therapist up in Indiana and then moved back here. It was an area that we didn't even realize existed until she came back to the area. But you're right. With all of the research that is out there, Mm A music therapy degree is still very rare to find. Right. Very few colleges offer it as a degree, and then you must become board certified. Hmm. Music therapy is very specifically not instruction. Mm -hmm. It is designed to be medicinal. And we started off with a student that was so severely uh, developmentally delayed. He was nonverbal. Okay. He was five years old, still could not do anything on his own. Very, mm-hmm. very, very uh, severely autistic and nonverbal. And we started music therapy, and he now speaks. Wow. He sings. <laughs> he says words he reads wow but it again music will stimulate things that no other it unlocks something in the brain sure that nothing else does right playing a musical instrument too you know is is incredible but 
We are just at the very, very beginning, honestly, Tracy, of of seeing what music therapy can do. Mm-hmm. It is going to be a, a big growth area. That's awesome. They say it can delay dementia up to five years. Um, That's unbelievable. Just listening to music, but mm-hmm. even more so playing the instrument. Wow. That's huge that y'all are investing in that and pouring into that. That's awesome. As an adult... I'm sure that there is some fear in wanting to start something new, right? Your first piano lesson at 40, there had to be some fear in starting that, right? (laughs) My hands were shaking. Oh, I bet. I think there is a common misconception that like once you've reached adulthood, you pass some invisible line that to learn an instrument or receive musical instruction is somehow past, you know, and we know that music knows no barriers as it transcends age and language and location. And there are so many amazing benefits to taking music lessons at any age. I read something that said adults who take music lessons have found that it's a stress reliever, it can boost your memory, overall cognitive functions improve, promotes physical health and better posture, can boost your confidence. So what is something that you would tell adults that have always had a desire to try to learn a musical instrument, but have let that fear hold them back? You know what's interesting? We have had more adults calling us since COVID. Really? When COVID happened, probably starting about the end of 2020, Mm -hmm. it was an explosion of phone calls that we got from adults. Wow. And I think it's because what we all, what we heard from these adults was, Mm -hmm. I want something that no one can take from me. Wow. Mm. I think so much of that time during COVID we were powerless. Yeah, everything was being taken from us. It was being yeah. decided for us sure. what we could do, where we could go, what what our kids could do, mm-hmm. who we could be with. Right. I think that was part of the impetus of that desire. Like I can do something. Right. And actually, I myself started taking bass guitar lessons for the very really? same reason. I wanted to be. I want to be in Earth, Wind, and Fire. So. Yes. <laughs> Why not, right? So I decided I wanted to do something else. And that desire to learn something new, new. as an adult. Sure. Same with a foreign language is is no one can take that from you. And in our busy lives, and especially for me as a mom and a caretaker, it, there are only a few moments that you can decide I have some time for myself. Right. And make it a priority for you. What I would say is, what have you always wanted to do? What kind of music inspires you? Mm-hmm. For me, you know, I love 70s funk. So I, that was like, oh, I just want to. You want to be able to jam, <laughs> right? want to be love able to that. join Earth, Wind, and Fire and play along. That's so and cool. The other thing is, is that we have a lot of adults, rarely, rarely do we ever have adults that perform. Mm -hmm. It's all recreational. Sure, just for fun. It's all self-improvement. And that would be a huge thing that I would say is if it's just for you to play. You don't don't have to have that pressure that you're going to have to perform or anything like that. There's no tests. You can do as much or as little as you want. Mm. And... 
get the music that you like. It doesn't have to be Beethoven. It, it can be worship music. It can mm-hmm. be whatever you want it to be. You can create. You can right. decide, I want to write something. Mm-hmm. I want to write a, a song for my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to play his favorite song, you know. That's so neat. It, it can be a gift, like we talked about with the arrows going Giving out. It. it can be something where it's not just about you. It's about, you know, helping somebody else. I love that. Um, I also love, you mentioned the stage a little bit earlier for your recitals and other special events. And you have an amazing recording studio. And you always do such an amazing job at sharing the progress um, on your YouTube channel. Um, what are some other dreams for your space and things that you want to expand into in the coming years? I know it It really is. It's even confounding to me. It is all God-driven. And, mm-hmm. and God usually will lay the best things at our feet. Sure. We sometimes plan Mm-hmm. and things can... God laughs, and then <laughs> something else will just come out of the blue. We do have ideas, I think, in, in both Thomas and I's life, and especially following our faith, we don't worry anymore. Sure. And we have that same concept about Minds on Music, about our life in general, mm-hmm. about everything. We already know who wins, so same thing goes with growth and expansion. If something were to happen, mm-hmm. we would we would want to grow. But the main thing is to be able to help as many people as we can mm-hmm. find how music can help their lives. So I know that that's not a specific answer, no. but, but you're just open time, open to opportunities <laughs> yeah. that may come. We never know, right. and usually the best things are laid at our feet. We you know chop wood, carry water, just keep doing what I do. Right. Be open to whatever doors open, right? Yes. I love that so much. Well, I thank you so much for joining me today um, to visit about your passion for music and the brain. And I just wanted to say that I appreciate you putting your energy and effort into helping to create an outlet to develop creativity and self-expression so that the children, the adults, whoever participates can be the creators for tomorrow, for understanding and being patient with the students as learning music takes time and consistent effort. And in a world of instant gratification, you music teachers show students how and why to put forth effort towards meeting a goal. Um, This skill isn't just applicable in music class. It applies to all aspects of life and learning. Thank you for also recognizing that sometimes kids just need to be kids (laughs) and your teachers know how to balance learning with fun. Learning music is hard work, but it can be also enjoyable. Thank you for pouring your passion into this community. I believe it is truly a better place because of what you and Thomas are doing here. And I can't wait to see how this grows over the coming years. And I'm glad to let my kids be a part of it for sure. Oh, thank you so much. Mm. Well, and I always ask my guests at the end of us visiting, what is one thing that a person has said or done for you that impacted you and possibly changed the trajectory of your life? I had a a dear friend that, asked me a simple question and she said, what 
if you can't make a mistake. Hmm. And so much of my life was spent uh, very tight, mm-hmm. wanting to do it right, wanting it to, to do it. What your version of right is, what my version of right is. Mm-hmm. And she said, what if you can't make a mistake? It, ha- it released me that in God's perfect world, what if I can't make a mistake? What if I don't know if I'm having a good day or a bad day? Right. It could hmm. be that in God's plan that this was exactly what was supposed to happen. Hmm. And it isn't a mistake. Right. It's just all part of the beautiful tapestry. That's very freeing to think that way. Yes. That's it great. changed a lot for me. And what do we not get to experience because of that fear of not doing it perfect? That's right. You know, and getting in that, I get frozen so often. Mm-hmm. And it does. It applies to everything. Yes. It applies to my cooking. It applies to parenting. It applies mm-hmm. to every aspect that locked up in fear of mm. doing it right. Yeah. And what if I can't make a mistake? That's something that Adam said to me. I had been dreaming about doing this podcast for a very long time. And I think when I finally spoke it out to him, I was completely terrified that he was going to be like, you have so much on your plate. Why would you even think that you need to do that? And he looked at me and he was like, why wouldn't you do that? I said, well, but what if I fail? And he said, what if you do? Wow. What if you do fail? Like, what does failure look like? That's it. What if you fail? You know. Absolutely. And you're giving an incredible gift to our world with this. With this. Thank you so much. Mm, Well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to visit with me. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us here at Ignite Impact. I hope that you can see that the people that will be on this show have certainly made an impact in my life, and I cannot wait to hear how they are making an impact in your life as well. I hope you have time to join us next time. Until then, 